This is Leadership Letters, the podcast reflecting on and discussing all things leadership. Coming up... How can we be better? What can we do next? We've always likened it to running a marathon. You need to run with someone and hope that they have those peaks and troughs at different times. Well, two heads quite literally sound better than one. We just have constant dialogue all the time. I genuinely can't think of a time where we've had a major issue. I really can't. Dear former employees, we hope that this letter finds you well. So your people are your best PR. Sounds like very good advice. Welcome to Leadership Letters, the podcast reflecting on and discussing all things leadership. I'm Lizzie Bentley Bowers. And as it's a new season, season four, let's begin with a reminder of why we produced this podcast. Leadership is everywhere. It impacts our lives directly and indirectly constantly. This podcast is a place for leaders at every level. Leaders working towards their first leadership role, their fifth, their 25th. It's for leaders who are embedding into their dream role or perhaps preparing for their next. Wherever you are in leadership, this is a place of community, questioning, challenge, resource and support for leaders who are willing to go towards all that leadership asks of them. We'll be joined by guests sharing their insights, their ideas, their thoughts, their reflections for you as leaders to then apply to your leadership. And we'll also hear their leadership letter that we use as a jumping off point to talk more about all things leadership. And remember too that our sister podcast Towards Leadership is where you can hear more insights and more application and more ways that you can use and adapt what you've heard in leadership letters to your leadership. So let's dive in. We haven't had a joint guest since season one, so a great way to kick off our new season is by welcoming the co-directors of Radio News Hub, Stephanie Otty and Jamie Fletcher. Having worked together at Sky Sports News Radio, Stephanie and Jamie founded the Radio News Hub in 2014 and now provide radio stations anywhere and of any size with a quality news service broadcasting to over 400 radio stations around the world and continuing to grow at pace. Welcome, Steph and Jamie, to Leadership Letters. Thanks for having us. Hello. So we always dive in with an early experiences of leadership question. So what I'd love to hear from both of you is, what was the moment that you started to realise that there were different people in different roles, that leadership was a thing? And what, if anything, um continues to influence how you lead from that moment well look Steph will probably give a better answer but from, <laughs> from a radio news hub point of view you have to bear in mind that radio news hub launched with literally us so we were literally reading bulletins we were working elsewhere while we were establishing the business so from a, a purely radio news hub point of view and I still remember it now that very first time we got a freelancer in and we were actually paying someone to do some of our bulletins for us that was a moment and then there were other junctions further on when we started taking money when we started employing staff but I always remember that very first freelancer in that uh, very first building we were in in Huddersfield back in the launch period and and that to me was a point that was a real standout moment. What did you draw on Jamie what was what were you thinking okay if I'm now doing this as well as this if I'm leading as well as running this business what do I need to dial up? I I think it was more it was a responsibility in the sense that We've always been journalists. We've always been on air. We've been very comfortable in that environment. And you think setting up some form of news bulletin um, business 
it's in our comfort zone, but the amount of things that you learn away from the microphone. So actually having, whether it's freelancers or as it now is with, with employees and staff in the building, all of the responsibilities that come with that, dealing with whether they're in, you know, having problems, they're not having problems, whether the kit's working, the kit isn't working, whether the internet's were we, we launched in a, in a, in a, um, a building that was underground level. It was near a market. Whenever it was market day, the TV signal would go off. So everything we were doing was, and it was dealing with all of those little things. So some things seem seem trivial, but actually that that was the reality of those of those early few months. I think. Mm, I think also as well when we first started taking on staff to do it for us, because like Jamie had said, we for so long had done it ourselves. Uh, and bearing in mind, Radio News Hub was was our baby. It was our brainchild. It was something we wanted to do. So we knew that when we were going in, doing it day in, day out, that we were doing it because it was our passion. It was what we wanted to do. And it was about how can we almost get our, our staff, our freelancers to really sort of share our vision for what we wanted Radio News Hub to be. How could we get them really understanding the brand, really, you know, um, really coming on board and and almost being able to then trust somebody else with your product. We needed to be able to trust that somebody else was going to be going on air for us and that, that we could back them to, to, to do a good job. Because I think for us, that, that was always quite difficult because not that we're control freaks, but because it was our, it was our business. We were across absolutely every aspect, you know, literally from the ground up, from staffing, from sales, from uh, journalistic content, from news agenda. It was all from us and we had it in our head we had in our head a really clear vision of where we wanted to go and what we wanted the business to be but when obviously other people come in it's then about trying to share that vision with them and get them to come on board and really understand that as well I think also as well just just one other thing to throw in and Steph and I have got a really weird relationship in the sense that even back in the sky days we got each other and it was that kind of we often joke, don't we? We're the same people. We often finish other each other's sentences off, and it, it's that that was also the, the the thing that I think set us on that this journey in the sense that we both knew what the other person was thinking, and 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 that has literally progressed down nine years. So, from what you said, Steph, I think you're you're talking there about a challenge that faces so many leaders in different forms. That challenge of letting go of some things, of delegating, you set mm. the vision, you share the standards, you build the trust and you have to do a bit of letting go. That trust is so absolute between the two of you and you had total faith in what each other was doing on each other's behalf. So what was the how? How did you translate that to other people, particularly if it was people you didn't know well so that you could let go we remained very hands-on um, in those early days. So even when we had those freelancers, those early staff members, we were still very hands-on in terms of the news agenda, feeding back, uh, being able to work with them and coach them and nurture them so that they, you know, we were from quite an experienced uh, place in terms of the journalistic side. So back in back in those days, you know, we were a very young business. We didn't have massive resources financially. So we were really sort of attracting those people who were probably straight out of university. They needed that guidance, needed that coaching. So in a way that helped because they were almost there to be molded, if that makes sense, because they were almost crying out for that feedback. So we did a lot of that very hands-on stuff in the early days. It was only later on as the business began to develop that Jamie and I realised that actually we couldn't micromanage everything and we had to start taking a step back if the business was going to grow. There just weren't enough hours in the day. So it got to a stage where 
we knew that we had to make that decision to step away from the on-air side of things, step away from the bulletins, and then gradually start putting other people in place who could essentially do that for us. We always then still had regular check-ins with that person who essentially then became their line manager. So there was still always an element of us almost micromanaging it because we always wanted our input to be there, even if from the staff's point of view, probably at that stage, it looked like we were doing it from afar. Um, but that was the only way that we could do it in order to, to continue growing the business in the background. Jamie, you're nodding away predictably, given that you've said that you think the same way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, look, even now it's it's we're probably we've always been our, our, our biggest critics when you when you hear what 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 you hear on the radio. And I think that even now you'd listen and think, would I do that that way? Would I do it a different way? But it is, it's learning about how to, like Steph said, let go and almost believe in the team that you've got and trust in the team that you've got. And I think that that's the one thing, especially over the last 12, 18 months, where the team numbers have, have grown significantly um, and we're, we're, we're expanding all the time. It's not just that newsroom. We're now looking at the programming side of, of things as well. And it's trusting in the people that you've got. And I think that, Steph's absolutely right that it's difficult. It's really difficult to not not be literally listening and looking at absolutely everything or whether it's watching, looking at social media. Could we do this better? Could we do that better? But there literally isn't enough time in the day to do all of it yourself. And it's what it's what these guys are good at doing. And you've got to give them that opportunity to to relax and be able to 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 express themselves as well. And I imagine you talked about micromanaging Steph and, and and that journey that you're describing as the business has progressed and as the numbers have progressed. How have you then kept an eye on when to intervene? We still care so much about the business and about the input, about the output that's going out, because obviously that's a reflection. We still see that ultimately as a reflection on Jamie and I. So if we do hear something that fundamentally isn't quite right or isn't up to scratch, we will step in. Um, even though we're not there, you know, day in, day out, giving constant feedback on an hourly basis on bulletins or anything like that. But if we pick up on something and it isn't quite right, we will, we will of course step in because it, it, it's, it, I describe it as our baby. It is our baby. You know, it's, it's what we grew and we don't want to hear things that are slightly off or slightly off brand or slightly, you know, not up to the standard that we expect. So, you know, there, there will always be a time that we will step in if we feel that it needs that. I think one of the things we've had to learn as well is is about knee jerk reactions and 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 actually balancing what what it is that we make comments on because Steph's right in those early days it was absolutely everything and we were all over it but I think it's understanding when the right time is to bring things up with whether it's uh, members of staff or, or or through through line managers or, or or whatever else and I think that that it is something again that I think as as people we've improved in over the last nine years because. I remember when we first launched, it would be literally reactionary to everything, what, wherever it was coming from, wh- whichever angle it was coming from, there would be a reaction straight away. And I think that actually having that take that knee jerk away is something that we've we've got a lot better on as well. And that connection to the passion, that communication of the it being your baby, it being it being something that means so much to the to the both of you. What would the people who work with you say about how you communicate that? to them how do how do they know that because the reason for asking the question is a lot of leaders that we encounter they're really clear on what their passion is and why it matters but they might shy away for example from repeating it for fear of being repetitive or might not always fully articulate it to the people who need to hear it so how how do you communicate that I think we 
as individuals just naturally are, are very open people um you know we're not the directors that are sat in a corner that nobody can approach you know we <laughs> we openly have conversations on a daily basis with everybody in the office we're always very vocal about shouting about the great things that we've done we really sort of encourage different skill sets within the team we talk openly to them all about what they want to achieve what what can we do to help them achieve it and i think that's something that's really important to us because we know that for somebody to be really committed they need to be enthused about what they're doing and for jamie and i the reason that we're so enthused about radio news is because it it is our baby it is our business now they're not going to share that same um, love for it in the way that we do but actually if they really love and enjoy what they're doing and we're helping them to achieve something that they really are really strongly passionate about then that's how they will then start to tap into our enthusiasm and that's how we keep them um, hopefully <laughs> at a stage where they're enjoying coming to work every day it's not just a job it's something that they enjoy doing. I think it's also looking back on our careers as well. It's, it's getting, again, a balance of not banging on every two minutes ago when I was at Real Radio. When I, but it's actually drawing, and, and I remember distinct, because I spent nearly 10 years at Real Radio. I absolutely loved it there. It was probably the best decade of of, of my career in, in that sense. Great people, great work ethos, and I think a lot of that's rubbed, rubbed off on me. I remember one guy there was always banging back to the past, you know, when I was at XX Station. And I think it's getting that fine line between always going back on your experience but before it gets to the point of yes Jamie we know you work for real you don't have to keep banging on about it and I think it is genuinely getting that kind of kind of balance right because we have conversations all the time don't we Steph about especially when it comes to breakfast editing you know Steph and I both were breakfast editors and drawing back on our experience we were really determined to know what we were coming into the next morning. And if there's one thing that we really want to rub off at the moment in our newsroom, it's that. And that comes from experience in terms of we've been there, we've done it. We're not just a couple of people who are saying do X, Y, Z. This is something we've done. And this is genuinely to the benefit of, of the entire of the entire newsroom. It's on your LinkedIn profile, actually, Steph. You said something about self-belief. And in everything that you've both said, I, I really hear that coming through. That's that belief in your experience and the belief in what it is you're doing now, the future that you're building with it, what you want to do. And I think self-belief is one of those things that people sort of hope to have and think they will have. But it actually takes quite a bit of work, I think, to have self-belief. So, yeah. yeah. How do you go about that? That clarity you've both got about what you bring and what you offer, how do you build it? How do you hold it? I think there are some people who'd love to hear more about that. Shutting out some some outside noise, especially in those in those early years, you've got to, especially for the sort of company that we are, where it's over four hundred radio stations now, it could be four hundred different opinions. You've got to you've got to have a a mindset of knowing where you're going and what what you want to achieve. And if you start trying to listen to everyone and start trying to please everyone, when, when we launched, I remember people saying, I'll give them six months, give them six months. And, you know, you hear all of that and you see all of that. And yeah, I think that there, there is an element there that you just have to kind of shut all of that noise out. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you've got to appreciate that not everybody is going to love you. Not everybody's going to love what you're doing. And I think the key is not to let that bother you. Um, you know, we want to be the best that we can be. And we've got to believe that what we're doing is working towards that. And if somebody else doesn't like it, tough <laughs> to be to be blunt. I think 
you do need to have that that self-belief because you do need to you need to really we've always believed in radio news hub we believed that there was a place for an alternative to the mainstream which is why we set it up um and throughout this journey each step that we've got to has always been about reinvesting into the company how can we be better what can we do next um speaking having an open dialogue as well with the people that we are working with with the clients with the team you know actually asking them what what else do you want what what else do you want from market what can we bring that other people aren't doing so i think it's always being willing to listen to feedback but not necessarily be influenced by it it's finding that fine balance of getting that feedback from people wanting to know what people think and almost cherry picking the bits that actually you genuinely think can help develop and and grow and ignoring the bits that actually are just not useful I'm imagining that if the self-belief does ever waver, there's something about there being two of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've always said this and it's something that we've had conversations about before. I think throughout um, throughout the history of Radio News Hub, um, inevitably, there's been points where it's been difficult. It's been hard. Running a company is not easy. But I think Jamie and I have always been really fortunate in that we've almost had those moments of doubts at opposite times. So if I've had a moment where I've kind of gone, oh, God, can we really do this? Can we pay the bills this month? Can we do this? Jamie's kind of been the one going, yeah, actually, we can because we've got this coming up. We're doing this. It's going to be fine. And vice versa. When Jamie's had wobbles, I've been the positive one. And we've, I think we've been quite lucky that we've never kind of had that moment time. at the same time. Always, I'm not sure what would have happened. We've <laughs> always likened it to, to running a marathon. And it, it's that kind of you need to run with someone and hope that they have those peaks and troughs at different times. Mm-hmm. And and that Steph's right. That's exactly that's exactly been the you know, especially in those in those first few years where you're getting, like we said earlier, you're getting your head around absolutely everything. And I think there's a perception that actually news bulletins last 60 seconds, two minutes, an hour, whatever it is. It's dead easy. It's really easy. And actually, everyone's an expert. Everyone has an opinion. There's so, so much more to, to, to radio bulletins than just what you hear in that one minute or two minutes there is so much more to it and I think that that comes back to what Steph was saying in the sense that you have yeah be responsive to to feedback whether it's critical positive whatever but also know where you're going and understand that you know sometimes there's some things that just come up that you just think it's a different world there's more I want to ask even about that but I'm conscious of time as ever um and you have a letter I hope um now we've we've had once one episode before we've had two people um we've had uh joint directors they wrote a letter each but i must i haven't heard your letter i believe you've written a letter between you yeah we've written a letter between us um i will read the first part of the letter jamie will then pick up um the reason we've written this letter um it's uh to employees sort of in the past because as i think what we've alluded to um we started on a shoestring effectively and um it's always something that Jamie and I've always looked back on and kind of been quite conscious of the fact that in those early days you know it wasn't particularly glamorous it was a basement office it were forever grateful for the people that sort of came on board and helped us on the journey because without them we couldn't have done anything and we we always say this the you know the, the people that work with us and our journalists uh, our team are, are are at the heart of everything that we do Um, So, dear former employees, we hope that this letter finds you well. Firstly, we want to express our gratitude 
for the time and effort you dedicated to our company. Your contributions played a significant role in our success, and it's important to acknowledge the value that you brought to our team. We understand that circumstances change and people move on to explore new opportunities. And while we may no longer be working together, the impact that you made is still felt within our organization today. Your hard work, knowledge and positive attitude left a lasting impression on both your colleagues and our company culture. We want you to know that you're always welcome to reach out if you have any questions, need guidance or simply want to reconnect. We're here to support you even after you've transitioned to a different phase of your career. Furthermore, we encourage you to stay connected with our company through our social media networks. These platforms allow former employees to stay informed about company updates, events and job opportunities. We believe in nurturing long lasting relationships and these networks are a way to ensure that we can continue to support each other in our professional journeys. Lastly, we would like to extend an invitation to our annual company reunion, where former employees are always welcome. It's an excellent opportunity to reconnect with old colleagues and make new connections and reminisce about our shared experiences. Once again, thank you for your time spent with our company, your dedication and hard work contributed to our success, and we will always appreciate your efforts. We wish you all the best in your future endeavours and hope to hear from you soon. Fabulous. Thank you so much. I was really moved, actually, Steph, at the beginning. I got myself together. But I was really moved at the beginning of your letter because um, the power of gratitude, of acknowledgement, of people understanding not only the place that they have in what's happening now, but in the contribution they have made that has led to what's possible for others in this moment. It's something that often gets hurried or missed. How did you mark those moments as you went? Because I'm absolutely hearing you do, you're doing that and honouring that legacy as you share that letter. How did you do it as you went along? When it was happening, I, I think it was the case, as we've touched on before, you know, when we had those first people in the buildings and, and Jamie alluded to it earlier, having that responsibility all of a sudden that somebody is working for you. Um, it, it was almost, it was quite humbling to think that you had people working for you. I don't really like saying working for you. It sounds like, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, to think that somebody was actually wanting to be involved in your company and wanting to work with you on what you were building. Um, and like I said, we, look, we will openly admit that in the early days, it wasn't like going into a global or a Bauer newsroom. It didn't look anything like that. There weren't loads of high-tech equipment and, and loads of other team members to bounce off. A lot of the time they were in an office on their own, in the corner with a desk, a USB mic. And, you know, and I think that we're very aware that actually to a lot of people they would have looked at that and maybe turned their nose up a bit and gone oh no don't don't want, don't want to go work there I don't want to go work for Radio News Hub so actually we're really grateful to the people that did want to go to Radio News Hub and that really sort of saw our vision and saw what we were doing and believed in Radio News Hub and wanted to be a part of that um and we are grateful for that and we're still grateful today for all the people that work with us because you know we want them to join us on this journey and and it's great now seeing the difference in the response that we get. People are actively reaching out to us, wanting to come and work with Radio News and wanting to be a part of the journey because they're starting to see the growth and the development that has happened, which again, it's, it, it's, it's so nice to see. Um, and it does 
it kind of gives you that boost and almost that reassurance that, you know, we have actually built something really great here that people want to be a part of. But of those early days, what I will say, we always made sure that, and Steph alluded to it there, and I remember whichever New Year's Day it was, we were refreshing the bank, waiting for someone to pay us so we could pay everyone else. But we always made that thing, you know, Steph and I wouldn't get paid. And there were times that we didn't pay ourselves because it meant paying the staff. We'd never pay ourselves and and, and not them. So whoever was in was always going to get paid but Steph is right it it getting paid for doing a job is 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 the least that you expect those pressures that you've described to what extent did you share those or consciously not share those the team were never aware uh the team were never aware of of anything like that Jamie and I were the only ones that were aware of any financial pressures and things like that to them um there was never a question of course they'd get paid and they always did um those pressures were something that Jamie and I kept completely separate from the team. To the team, it was all rosy, everything was growing, everything was fine. It comes back again, I hear, to that value of having each other. Absolutely, yeah. Look, I I couldn't have done it solo without, you know, having somebody alongside you who knows exactly what you're going through, who can share in those struggles is absolutely crucial. I really couldn't have done it on my own. Absolutely not. I, I think we're at a stage where whenever we're in the car, we phone each other and, hello? I don't know what I'm phoning you for. It's just... <laughs> just have it. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting thing for leaders to consider because in some cases, they'll be in perhaps a startup and they'll have those very close relationships and those then may well continue. Often, though, those roles start to sort of dissipate. People become more sort of single entities in their leadership roles or they're in very established organisations and in their leadership role, it can be lonely. Hearing what that means to the two of you, how do leaders create that for themselves, either within or outside their organisations? Because, well, two heads quite literally sound better than one. Listen, Steph's absolutely right. If I if I was doing this, yeah, it would have how long are we in now? Nine years, so eight, eight and a half years ago, it have ended. It's that you've got to have someone that that, that you can. It's not even bounce ideas off in in those downtimes. It's though it's that someone that you can just literally let's share the problem, let's talk through the problem, and you might not find a solution, but actually just talking through what the issues are is is absolutely essential. And I think that. For anyone who's doing it as an individual, you've got to find someone that you trust and someone who's going to be willing to talk. Because actually, if you bottle up everything that, that we've had to experience over the last nine years, um, yeah, that that that's not a good place to be. So you you certainly need to be able to talk and swear a lot. <laughs> do, you, do you ever disagree? And if so, how do you navigate those? I don't think there's anything that we've ever fundamentally had a massive oh, don't disagreement. Don't be stupid. Of course, oh. we. No, <laughs> we have. Um... Um, we have lively discussion. Have we? I think we have different, slightly different approaches to things. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's just a personality thing. I think we are slightly different personalities. So we do sometimes have different approaches to things. But there's never been a situation where we've been at loggerheads over something or anything like that. I think because we are both quite vocal, we both just talk and talk and talk until we reach sort of a halfway house between the two of us we always kind of meet in the middle normally normally the starting look there will be points over the last nine years where we probably had different views but more often than not the starting point has been has been very similar yeah we are pretty much on the same page on most things which look it is unusual we do I, I do think that we have a highly unusual working relationship it's very 
I don't think it's necessarily common to find two people who work so well together um, and so closely together. I mean, as Jamie alludes to getting in the car and getting on the phone, even on the days that Jamie and I aren't in an office together, we probably make, I would say, in excess of 20 phone calls to one another during the day. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a constant, we just have constant dialogue all the time. Uh, we're always talking, we're always exploring new ideas and we're just always chatting things through. So I, I don't think it's ever a case of somebody coming to a party and saying, this is what we're doing. It's more because we are having those constant conversations. We almost end up coming to the same conclusions naturally together because we're just talking openly about things all the time. And that, and that's not to say we'd do that just for the easy life because we're not that sort mm. of personalities. I think if we if we did fundamentally disagree, we wouldn't be afraid to say so, but it's also the way you do it. And I think that, you know, I genuinely can't think of a time where we've had a major issue. I really can't. I genuinely, and I know that sounds weird. I just can't think of a, I really can't. It's probably been, you're really having another glass of wine, Steph. <laughs> You know, I think there's something about the level of clarity the two of you both have about what it is you want to build, where you're headed, what it is you want to achieve. When you are that aligned and that clear on where you're headed, as well as that proud of where you've come from, it does make every, a dis, it makes a disagreement a conversation. Yeah. And I think, and for some people, there's something about how do we work hard at that level of alignment so that we can have that constant interaction that means the disagreements are a part of it as opposed to a thing that becomes a thing yeah totally i think we've got about time for one more question i'd love to ask you about the nurturing of these long-lasting relationships so it sounds as though you've really got a sense not only of what people's contribution has meant to you in the past and what it means now but of what that long last the importance of a long-lasting network what is it about that that you hope for? From where we were, so even 18 months ago, we had people come come through the door who have moved on to, at the time, what were bigger and better things. So we've got people who've moved on to Sky News. We've got people who've almost come in and used Radio News Hub as that, as that portal to, to go and develop their career. And I think what we want now is to keep that communication going with those people that have left and said, look, we're a completely different organisation to where we were 18 months ago. You're going to want to come back or we want you to come back at some point in the future. And I think that, that that's that that's the the way Radio News Hub is evolving and it's going at real pace. And, you know, maybe on the outside, I, I, I certainly think that you can see on the outside how much we've achieved, certainly in the last 11, 12 months and where we're heading in the next 12 months, the next two years and so on and so on, that all of a sudden, we started with with no journalists, then the odd freelancer. Now we've got news editors, senior journalists, broadcast journalists, head of programmes, presenters. It's it's a growing business. It's it's that keeping in line with everyone that's that's moved on, but actually keeping that open conversation about come back. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think you've also got to bear in mind that the media industry seems really vast, but it's really not. It's really small. And I remember somebody having this conversation with me right at the beginning of my career of be careful who you uh, rub up the wrong way, because chances are you, they may, you may be knocking on their door for a job one day. And I think it's something that's always resonated uh, with me in that, you know, we are never going to treat people in a way that we wouldn't want to be treated when we were staff, when we were members of a team. Because actually we want people to leave 
with fond memories of Radio News Hub. And like Jamie says, we want them to even be looking at what we're doing now and go, actually, I'd like to go back. You know, we, we want people to have a positive experience being part of Radio News Hub because people talk. And, you know, that is that is your best PR. If, if people who have worked with you are saying to other people within the industry, um, oh, was, I had a great time at Radio News Hub. Oh, it was fantastic. They gave me so many opportunities. They really believed in me. They really, you know, focused on my talent, my development, where I wanted to go. Um, there were great people to be around. You know, it's it's all of these things that actually you want people talking positively about your business because, it, it, it's just going to help build and, and help grow the brand and, and grow perceptions because perception for us is always something that we've always been really, really sort of aware of the fact that because we did build very quite slowly, quite conservatively, because we didn't want to, well, we didn't, we didn't physically have the money to throw a load of money at it, but we didn't go down the line of funding, loans etc etc we we essentially put money in at the beginning and we grew conservatively every time we made a bit more we invested a bit more but because of that it wasn't all singing or dancing and really flashy but now we're kind of getting to that stage where actually it is quite impressive what we're doing now it's quite impressive what we've built now and you know we want people to see that we want people to to really believe in what we're doing and and, and be excited about being part of it it's such a great question people can ask themselves if they want to nuance the way they're treating people is what about five years time? What about 10 years time? What do I want this relationship to be when these people have left? So your people are your best PR. Sounds like very good advice. It, they absolutely are. And, you know, without them, we couldn't do what we do. So you what you you need to invest in people. Um, you absolutely do. It's it, it, You know, if you're not doing that, you're going to fail as a company. You know, you, your people are are at the heart of everything you do. And Jamie is nodding. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> There's tons that we're going to be able to dive into from all the insights that you've shared. Before we let you go, we love our leaders to share a resource that you would recommend. So a book, a podcast, or something to watch, read, listen to. For the leaders listening in, what would you recommend? I'll be honest. I mean, I, I tend to draw experiences from the people I know, the people I work with, the people I see every day, um, you know, from my dad, who's run his own company for years, um, from my brothers, from from Jamie, <laughs> who's my business partner, who has a slightly different outlook on me, but somehow it works. I'm more focused on everybody I meet I like to take something from. So if I meet somebody, if I have conversations with them, I like to learn and take something from them because I think that actually those are the people that help to develop you rather than, I know this sounds strange for somebody in media to say, rather than listen to a podcast on the radio. But for me personally, I get more from just the day-to-day encounters that I have with people in my life. And that is what's helped to form me and build my personality and my leadership skills has been from the people around me. I, 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 I was just going to say I do as well, and I agree with all of that. The only thing I would say in terms of podcasts switch off at some point, you don't always have to be consuming. And I think that if you're if you're if you're driving in the car and you're not on the phone to Steph, it's, it's <laughs> kind of can you take your mind out of it? Can you give your brain a twenty minute rest? Can you listen to a podcast about something that's so? For me, I'm a bit of a geek, so there's a plain podcast. 
Um, and then there's also football podcasts. So those, those kind of podcasts for me, I think it's important just to remember to take your mind away for at least 20 minutes to try and to try and clear your head a bit. I mean, and, and we are contributors to the to the world of resource and and yet I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's something so there's certainly something important about taking the breaks and the rest from it all. And I and I love the reminder that when there is so much resource out there, not to forget to look to the people right next to you for what you can not only learn from them, but talk to them about in yeah. terms of how that might apply to you. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Steph. It's been fascinating to hear from you. Thank you both so much. No problem. Thanks for having us. So tons for us to dive into in the insights and the ideas that Jamie and Steph have shared. So do come back in a few weeks time to the next episode of Towards Leadership, where we'll look at how you can apply those insights and ideas to your leadership. Do please give us a follow to make sure that that appears in your feed as soon as it's available. We'll look forward to seeing you then. This is Leadership Letters, the podcast reflecting on and discussing all things leadership. See you soon.